Following CEDA's first virtual mediator skills training, we decided to speak with the three people most intimately involved with the design and delivery of this program. In this Better Conflicts podcast, we are joined by Nicola Antonioni, training team manager, Felicity Stedman, head of CEDA faculty, and Susanna Schuler, director of training and consultancy at CEDA. Yeah, so it exceeded my expectations and also the, the concerns and worries I had three months ago when when someone asked me, so let's do everything virtual, I would have said no way. When you have really good trainers and a really good training, then the platform is, I wouldn't say not, doesn't matter, but it you can actually use the benefits of that platform to, to enhance what is already really good. So it proved for me again, what we deliver and the people who deliver it are just first class quality. Hence, it, it could actually never really fail, except the technology could fail us, but we will come to that later, what we, what we, how we dealt with that. And it was a pleasant experience for me to train virtually. Thank you, Susan. And Nikki, as someone who's managed um, countless uh, mediator skills trainings, this is the first time it was delivered virtually. From your perspective of managing the whole, whole training, how did you think it went? Um, so it, it was obviously a lot of work to kind of get this up and up and running um, and sort of re go back to, you know, our principles and, and sort of make sure that what we would what we would deliver face to face would be what we delivered virtually. Um, and then that obviously has a lot of implications in the logistics behind the background. So it was it was quite a journey to kind of get it there. But now that it's there, it's I'm sort of sitting back and thinking, OK, this is now just similar to running it face to face um there's probably an even higher level of engagement with the participants before the course just to ensure that they have everything they need um and to sort of reassure if there are any concerns or kind of run through things with them so we do a nice sort of welcome call a few days before the course now and um, just on zoom so we can kind of um go through any questions that they have and sort of really just engage at that early stage even before they've um come onto the course so sort of nice to get some faces familiar um, and before you even start the course um, but actually on the course it, it really kind of I would say I got even more involved again than I would do on a face-to-face -face and sort of really engaging with the participants because um, I'm, I'm there on screen a lot of the time but also sort of helping with any challenges that they might have in the background if there were any technical technological wobbles or, or sort of internet dropouts um, so it was quite nice to actually be even more engaged with the participants um, from from an organizer point of view than, than even we would do on a face-to-face -face, which we already have a great relationship and engagement with participants so it was it was fun it was good yeah and it's interesting you mentioned that because I've analyzed the feedback that people have given on the course and one thing that appeared I think in pretty much every uh, every piece of feedback was how much everyone valued and appreciated the technical and emotional and all the support that you gave to ensure that it ran smoothly. So I think that's something that people really valued and found useful to have somebody there who's dedicated purely to managing it, to help with any technical issues, to ensure that it, it runs smoothly. Uh, Felicity, as the head of CEDA's Mediator Skills Training Faculty, what are your reflections on the first virtual Mediator Skills Training? 
Well, I was really very satisfied with the uh, quality um, of the, the of the delivery. I mean, I'm saying it myself as one of the people who've who was involved in the delivery. But the point is that it it was actually possible to deliver uh, the quality of the training that we deliver in the classroom on the screen. And so I was I was really satisfied that we we it didn't feel like we'd compromised on the quality of the delivery at all. Um, and I was really um, very pleased that the feedback we got from our colleagues, the other members of faculty, um, was that they felt quite quickly at ease with it. And um, they they just slit, slotted into it and, and worked really very effectively on the platform. So I think from a, from a quality point of view, both the, the, the delivery and then the assessment side of it and the coaching side of it really um, exceeded all my expectations. Fantastic. And now looking at some of the specifics of the training, obviously moving from delivering this training in person to online takes a lot of preparation um, and work. What were some of the, and I open this up to, to everyone, what were the sort of, what were some of the um, practical challenges that you faced delivering this training um, and how did you overcome them? Well, um, maybe I could start and just say that when we started thinking about it and, and when I started thinking about it with the faculty manual in front of me and I thought um, about the ways we could do it, I... Um, I started out thinking probably too complicatedly um, and thinking we could, you know, we could do this, we could use this functionality and that functionality, but just returned again and again to the to, to sort of KISS principle, keeping it really uh, simple. Mm -hmm. And um, because the underlying course is so good, so a combination of the course and the participative um, options and processes on Zoom made it possible for us to really do what we do in the classroom, but online. And if, if I go next, just to reflect on, on virtual learning, that was something we thought about when we, years ago, when we designed the simulator for the mediator skills training. So we have a, a simulator, mediation simulator, where we thought, how could we possibly simulate a mediation and get participants to go into a virtual environment, conduct a mediation and learn something. And the process we did there is writing a real script and, and with the practitioners, we are getting that the knowledge out and producing something which really works and is close to the reality. I think that's something we managed to replicate again to, to go back to what we're really good at, that is the hands-on pragmatic approach to deliver training, but also speaking from experience, which brings things to life. And when you do this virtually, that is actually an asset, which we I underestimated beforehand, that at practitioners have a real chance to shine on the virtual medium because you have we have our stories, we have the, the material, and if you use the platform to your advantage, not doing, as Felicity said, a lot of um, the features, there are tons of features, but just say, let's do a video mode, we speak, let's engage with people, let them speak, use a chat function and use a breakout room and get people to talk to each other, role play, that are the key elements. That is what 
the virtual platform supports. And that, I think, helped us to, to overcome the main challenge that people think that doesn't work face to face because the skills in the end are the same. And which is also for us important to, to demonstrate in the virtual world that active listening and managing emotions and exploring are the key skills for human dialogue, especially for the remote world now, which is, I think, an important message to deliver as well, together with delivering something virtually. From an organizational point of view, I suppose it's working with keeping it as close to what we would deliver face-to-face as Felicity and Susanna have said and and then just being very honest and open about the the, any technical challenges that anybody faces and and how we might resolve them together Um, being very mindful of how long people were spending in front of a screen so everything is now very is modular um, with lots of breaks and making sure people are keeping very active so really kind of engaging in those breakout rooms that we um, use so much in, in any of our training courses and getting people actually getting up and working so they're not just none of our courses are coming you know we don't lecture people this is about them really engaging with this content and then using it for themselves and practicing for themselves so using those functionalities like breakout rooms helping them engage with each other um, in different groups and different people so they can really sort of feel and work with this with this training and this material and, and sort of if there were any challenges then, then always having a backup plan and just being very open and honest about sort of okay so-and-so is having a bit of trouble right now um, they'll rejoin us in a bit and if we need to sort of work if I needed to work with them in the background on the phone and um, helping them with their internet connection or something like that having a backup plan with you know hotspotting off you know their, their phone while their internet rebooted or, or something like that just sort of being very open and, and treating everybody as equal and, and sort of, you know, as adults, you know, we're all sort of in the, the same training environment working in this virtual way. Um, there's everybody might have a challenge at some point, but it's how to keep calm and, and work with it and, and work through it together. I think that's where a team becomes so important is um, if, if there was a problem like a connectivity issue for a delegate, then uh, Nikki could mute and even go video, call the person. So we were using multiple channels of communication, Nikki in particular, and um, and and so we were we were we were not sort of uh, delayed by practical um, technical issues. We were able to continue, and we we did give an opportunity at the end of one day for people to meet informally. Um, we thought we'd have a sort of social chat, but actually they continued asking questions about mediation. So anyone who had missed anything, um, but there really wasn't that sort of problem, but we would have created that opportunity to chat. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you managed to keep the pace of the training and the intensity while ensuring that nobody was left behind for any technical or connectivity issue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now moving on to the actual training and assessment itself, because CEDAR is widely regarded as um, delivering the gold standard of mediator accreditation internationally. And one of the things I know that as faculty and as the skills team, you're very keen to ensure that the training um, maintained those incredibly high standards and was as challenging and intense and as equally rewarding um, as doing it virtually um, as, as, you would, as you would in person. So again, I open it up. How did you ensure um, the highest level of training and assessment in the virtual environment as the in-person environment? 
Um, well, we we have um, a first of all in the in the face to face world, we train our trainers as coaches and assessors, and we have very detailed guide for them to follow to, in order to maintain uh, develop and maintain standards um, of quality and regular faculty meetings. And we really just um, did that again, but in the virtual world. So we prepared a, a guide for coaches and assessors on what this would be like, um, what, what the principles behind the training were, um, tips and um, key things to be aware of, and also steps to follow as they went into the coaching situation, as they went into the assessment situation. So they, they were guided very uh, uh, closely, and they were all very keen and curious to, to learn how to apply their skills in this different situation. Um, and I was just so impressed at how people just took it on and uh, were able to do it. So again, the the way we do it face to face, the, the coaching assessment was exactly was sort of transformed into how to do it online, um, and people managed perfectly well. Thank you, Suze. I think the the quality of our training lives from the competencies we established and the quality guidelines, and. The competencies are, or let's say, the, the assessment criteria, and they have been evolved over the last 30 years to a really, really good standard. And again, it's face-to-face -face or virtual. The competencies remain the same. People have to show the skills to meet those, and the assessors have been trained to assess. So I think the competencies we have are not influenced by the virtual platform in so far yes there is not a room and they are not in the same room and they can't lead or guide one party to another room but what they do in the very moment of mediating is what they would do face to face so i think it's again was good for me to learn to, that the competencies and the skills can be detached from the virtual and the face-to-face -face environment there are other elements we might discuss later, which are more challenging when, virt when deliver virtually or be virtual. But when it comes to the pure demonstration of skills and the skills of an assessor to do this, then the virtual platform isn't an impediment. It might even help focus even more because you are very close to what's happening and not distracted, really. Maybe if I can just add a, another point, and, and that is that... Um, we shouldn't underestimate actually how much time was involved in in practicing. So we, as leads, we practiced, we got feedback, we adjusted the way we did things. Then we had all the coaches and assessors practice using our uh, reformulated guidelines and we gave them feedback. And so, um, you know, in exactly the same way as a mediator learns, um, so a trainer and assessor learns by doing and and so there was lots of opportunity to learn by doing and get feedback mm -hmm. seems to be one of the enduring strengths of cedar's mediator skills training is that it never rests on its laurels and it's continuing to seek to improve and challenge ways that things have been done before um, and is led by the practitioners 
um, sharing experience and coaching and helping each other develop. So it seems like that has continued in the in the virtual training space as well. I'm looking at building rapport and camaraderie in a virtual environment because that's one thing we hear back um, from participants who have come on the mediator skills training is they they really value the camaraderie amongst trainers and participants and the um, ability and, and opportunities to share learning and insight experience. How did you go about ensuring that same kind of feeling and opportunity was there in the virtual training as it is when delivering in person? So there's one advantage when you do it virtually, you can engineer people meeting. So whilst you can do that on a face-to-face training to a certain extent as well, but we could mix the breakout rooms in a way that randomized as well, so that you assured that everyone met everyone during the training. So that was one one way to use the features of, of Zoom. And again, replicate rapport building allowing time on each module so again that was something we designed and Felicity we had the benefit that Felicity and her team delivered the another mediator skills training in South Africa beforehand and we could benefit from some of the experience and one thing the trainers shared was allow some time for some chat but also introduce some energizers, which we did. We used the poll function, for example, and reflection. So to design for every module, which we also, we spaced it in a way that there was always enough break time in between as well that people could recover. So that then when you log on, people could have a quick chat. We would energize with them before we then went to some more input. So to allow that time and encourage people to do so, that helped to build rapport. And that social event or social add-on we did on the third day, which we will keep on. I think that's an important tool as well. Yeah. <clears throat> I must say, I, was, I learned about my colleagues, uh, Susanna and Nicola. And um, either, Nic- Nicola has an infinite resource of kindness and patience. And... And that's, you know, I think that was the bedrock of the of the rapport building, that the, nothing was too much trouble to uh, work with everybody and um, attend to their concerns. And then um, Susanna has a, a, a wicked sense of humor and, um, and, 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 a, and a lots of um, uh, very keen on f- having a bit of fun. And so um, we all ended up wearing the same color shirts on certain days, and uh, you know there was there was quite a lot of of um, just fun. Um, and I think the there was a very high degree of trust established in the group because there were a couple of moments on the course that struck me where people actually revealed quite a lot about themselves um, to to a group of you know, largely per- perfect strangers. So the level of camaraderie and the level of um, engagement was, I think, on that bedrock of trust, which was built on kindness and warmth and and uh, a little bit of personal risk and fun, which was great. I think um, also to, to the point of we, we really kept it, the training so much with with the face-to-face with everything we do to try and build those relationships on the face-to-face is is still replicated on the virtual course so we had the nice addition of the the very beginning before the course the sort of general question very open 
you know, half an hour Zoom call that I had with the participants so they could kind of get some familiar faces and we could kind of get a little bit of, um, you know, anyone could feel that they could ask anything and just a nice general chat um, to kind of set a bit of a tone. But also sort of, you know, even throughout the course, we have so many, at the very beginning, they spend time meeting each other um, and engaging with each other. And we mixed up each of the groups um, in, the, in the first few days of the course to ensure that everybody had a chance to work with each other. And so they're meeting each other in these small groups and then really working together and getting to know each other, um, you know, at, at multiple opportunities throughout the course, and especially in those uh, first couple of days. So that was kind of really important for us to kind of make sure that we gave those opportunities for them to interact with each other, especially in a private breakout room, which sometimes we might not go into there to really let them completely exercise absolutely but also to really get to know each other and build those relationships because it's so important for the course as well and and really for afterwards to help them sort of really connect with each other as they sort of start their journey. I understand that in addition to the um, training program delivered virtually there will be a, an additional day of in-person coaching and training when it's safe to do so is that correct? Yeah, so uh, to be CMC certified, I think for them it was important that the participants of a virtual training will also be able to show their skills in a face-to-face -face scenario or day. So we will organize that once it's possible again so that the participants can show that, mm -hmm. like a practice day. I was just going to say that um, the whole question of the CMC and... Um, and, the and Civil Mediation Council for the people. Civil Mediation Council, yes, and and the concerns that people um, had before they came on the course. We, I, I think, it was a really good idea that we had a a meeting with we had a webinar with people who were interested in this course, and we explained how it was going to work, and we answered uh, the questions that they were asking. But they also in a sense prompted us to think through things because we had to find a way to address their concerns and their needs. So um, there was, it, it, there was um, it, it, you know, again, it sort of mirrored mediation, finding out what their concerns are and how can we address them. And one of them was um, the certification by the CMC. So we, 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 we did a lot of work, CEDA did a lot of work in engaging with the CMC to ensure that the course uh, would be acceptable. Please move on to my, my final question, which I think we've already touched on aspects of it, but these are some of the, the concerns that participants had before coming to the training um, and how they were mitigated or how they um, sort of melted away as, as the training began. Are there any things that we haven't covered yet that is worth mentioning for people who are, who are interested in taking part in this training in future dates? Um, I'm just I'm trying to think because a lot of a lot of the re the response actually to this training has been extremely positive and there hasn't been a huge amount of concern which has been really really you know warming because it's it means that they actually trust us that we know what we're delivering and, and that this works mm. um I suppose that the one thing that um, I was speaking with somebody about uh, the other day was about flip charts and, and how sort of you create that environment um, 
in a virtual setting as, as you do um, in, in the room, sort of maybe even just, you know, the seating arrangements and how you lay out the room um, because you don't, you won't do that through Zoom, obviously, um, because you're all on video. And I suppose to that point, um, what I was talking with this uh, potential participant about was, you know, we, we're not teaching you to, to mediate online. We're, we're teaching you to mediate in, in whatever form that may be, whether it might be online one day, but, you know, we're not teaching you the logistics of how to mediate online. And uh, what we're doing is we're giving you the, fun, the the skills and the foundations and the fundamental things you need to be a practicing mediator. Um, so, yes, we, we can absolutely talk through how you might lay out a room and how that might work and, and how to use a flip chart. And we have a session particularly on that to sort of how you engage. So I suppose sort of the the only thing that has really come up is about how um the space you um have when in the mediation room when you are doing it face to face and to ensure that we could um talk people through that and really just um still address those questions and sort of help people with that yeah sometimes people ask the question how can you teach skills online mm -hmm. when you're not actually in the room with a person reading all their body language and um, giving them a chance, giving them face-to-face -face feedback. And I think that I, I was very satisfied that we, we did accomplish skills development and we did it in lots of different ways. I mean, we, we, we had video demonstrations. So um, they were watching the skills being demonstrated on a, on, a, on a video by mediators. Then, then as we would in the classroom, we took, uh, we showed videos of very specific active listening skills. And then um, most of them, uh, participants had a, an opportunity to practice most of them in their breakout rooms. And then of course, on the coaching day, um, uh, again, what Susanna said about the competencies, the competencies are, are all skills focused. And so the feedback and the comments were about those skills. So I think at a micro level and at, at a more macro level, we're definitely able to teach skills and give people the kind of feedback that we would give back, we would give in the classroom. Yeah. And I think I just um, was just thinking about something that one of our participants said on the recent course and that sort of he on our coaching day, um, he could really see how all these bits that he'd been learning were all kind of quite separate before the coaching day. And, and he'd really understood each part of the process, but the coaching day really helped it all knit together and he could actually see the process kind of coming to life. And that's exactly the feedback that we get on a face to face course. That day is really how the, the learning kind of really sits in and helps people really see the process come to life. And it just was so reassuring and sort of great to hear that you know somebody had had the exact same experience of the course up to that point then then they would do on a face-to-face -face course that it was all kind of really gelling together and and coming to make all sense for them so that was really sort of you know really brilliant to hear that that they'd had they were having that experience that we always have normally on on our courses so it was just very very encouraging mm. and it reflects we when we think of, we have now conducted um, a lot of virtual mediations as well, and we get similar feedback from parties. So which also encourages us that what we teach is then also the reality, so that the skills we teach and also what we as mediators have, that we can 
show that then in the real in the real world, whatever that is nowadays, as well. So that's quite encouraging. And equally for conflict management training and conflict coaching, which we also delivering, we we hear very similar feedback, and can see that we can even have more flexibility to get people from different time zones and continents together in a much easier way, which makes training also a little bit more diverse at times. I think what, what we have now is um, a flexible uh, offering, uh, which is just fantastic to be able to, to talk to potential clients about. Um, so for people who do want face-to-face -face and can come to a face-to-face -face venue, then we hope that that will happen in the near future or be restored in the near future. But there are so many people who can't make it to face-to-face, -to -face, whether it is because they um, they have, uh, whether we're in a, a COVID situation or they have uh, personal challenges like uh, children at home or an elderly person that they're caring for, uh, or they're in a remote place and it's too difficult and too expensive to get to a face-to-face -face venue. We now have um, a course that we can offer much more inclusively uh, to clients. And um, yeah, I think that's a wonderful benefit, a wonderful gain out of this time. Yeah, and as we said, now is possibly the time to to try it out because we are still in, in COVID times. And I think what people say in, in crisis times, you should always seek to improve and to learn. And we, we decided to offer that training, especially as also as Felicity said, we are now more flexible also in different time zones. So that to make it more inclusive, meaning also for different regions of the world to join so that we, yeah, offer that and that people can try it out. And that gives us also the opportunity to learn. So I think it's a two-way street to learn from participants and having more diverse courses. And then going forward to see what what does the new world or the hybrid world look like and to have that flexibility is, is a huge advantage. So try it out now, I would say to everyone. Susanna. Nicola, Felicity, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you.